And the high road is not choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. Today, Pastor Sexton speaks on how God's ways are past finding out. And now, here is Pastor Sexton. I want to thank you for joining me today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something that I don't ever remember doing before. I'm going to read to you something I have written. And it was written when we suffered a great heartache with the loss of five of our students and a tragic accident as they were out serving the Lord on a mission and ministry from Crown College. Brad Askew, David Childers, Darcy Brown, her husband Aaron, and also Jonathan Pinkerton. These are precious young people. I've written these precious young people exemplified what is best in life. They live consciously in the presence of God. In their last moment, they went joyously into his presence. They will always be remembered as the best of the best. Each of them will be a point of reference for what is truly a dedicated young person. The Bible says very clearly, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Aaron and Darcy were a dedicated They dedicated themselves to start a church in northwestern United States. Uh, Brad Brad had yielded his life to the Lord in such a way to serve God with all his heart in Christian music. And David, David surrendered to preach the gospel wherever God would lead him and was completely open to God's will for his life. Johnny was full of love and compassion for the Lord and had a passion to reach young people with the message of Jesus Christ. Some of these precious young people had traveled all across America in the last few years telling others of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now who will go to America? I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray to the Lord of Harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. These laborers for our Lord are in heaven with our Savior now. they, They adored him, and their works followed them. Now, what's, what's for us to do? What is for us to do? I think we're going through a situation right now that relates to something I wrote during that time. It was the darkest day I'd ever lived on June 4th, 2004, when I got the phone call concerning their death. And I wrote, Our God brings us to the place where we no longer look for answers. We simply find rest in Him. It's not the absence of trouble and heartache that people need most. It's the presence of the Lord. There's no doubt that His ways are past finding out. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, His ways past finding out! For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath given first to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. 
For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. In verse 29 of this chapter, there's an expression that says, His ways are past finding out. God is infinite. We are finite beings. Of course, there are so many things that we will never fully understand. God's wisdom, I want you to know, number one, God's wisdom is based on his knowledge. The Word of God says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Make special note of the words in God's Word, wisdom and knowledge. God's wisdom is based on his knowledge. The Lord knows all things. Our wisdom is based on what knowledge we have. Most of our knowledge is limited. All of our knowledge is based upon our understanding of the past and the present. God's knowledge extends not only to the past and the present, but also to the future. His knowledge has all foresight because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same always. He's just as aware of tomorrow as he is of yesterday, and his wisdom is based on his knowledge. What God knows works in perfect harmony with what God does. That's important to remember. What God knows and what God does are in perfect harmony. There are many times we do things on what limited knowledge we have, and we regret that we did what we did because our knowledge was incomplete. God never moves that way. His work and His ways are always based on His complete wisdom and knowledge. He is all-knowing. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Our Heavenly Father knows His sheep. This does not mean He only knows our names. He said Himself that He knows the hairs of our head. Matthew 10.30 says, But the very hairs of your head are are all numbered. He knows the number of each hair. In other words, when we pull out one or lose one, he knows the number of that particular hair that's now missing. Our Heavenly Father knows not only our physical well-being, but he also knows our past and future. He knows everything about us. Jesus Christ said, I know them. They're mine. We are loved with an everlasting love. We belong to God, and He knows us. Christ said, I give unto them eternal life. Eternal life does not begin when we die and leave this world. Eternal life begins the moment we trust the Lord Jesus as our Savior. From that moment forward, we have eternal life, everlasting life. Every human being ever conceived on this earth will live the same length of time. Now just think about that. We're all going to be alive for eternity because the eternal God created us. Those who know the Lord will live forever with Him. Those who do not know the Lord will live forever without the Lord. Actually, we cannot call that living its eternal death and damnation. Some people spend less time on the earth than others, but none spends less time living because we all live forever. Some have a shorter earthly journey, But this has no bearing on eternity. Christ said, I give unto them eternal life. He said, and they shall never perish. 
His children will never die and go to hell. He said in verse 29, My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. In other words, nothing can ever come to the child of God that he does not first, does not first go through uh, the loving hand of our Heavenly Father. And I want us to talk about these things because we, we need to know them. Remember the Word of God says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Man's knowledge is limited. There's a manward view of life that's very, very limited. Some men achieve more than others in life. Some men comprehend more than others. The understanding of some men, what they know and take in, is greater than others. With men, this knowledge is never complete and perfect. There's a manward view, but there's also a Godward view of life. There's a man-centered approach to life, and there's a God-centered approach to life. None of us, none of us, as God's children, have ever come to the Lord by faith and God's rejected us. He, he receives us. And we, we develop from that a Godward view. All that happens is not for the glorification of man, but for the glorification of God. This is why the Bible says that no one can add anything to what God knows. Romans chapter 11 and verse 34, For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? No one. No one has been a counselor to God. No one can say to God, I would like to tell you something that you don't know. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Our Lord does not bend low to hear our prayers so that he might get an idea about how he is to respond because he already is working with full and complete knowledge in, our, in his wisdom. We are not his counselors. Prayer is not about twisting God's arm and getting God to change his mind and do things differently. The question is asked here, who hath been his counselor? And we know the answer is no one. The Bible says in verse 35, or who hath first given him? And it shall be recompensed unto him. In other words, God is not our debtor, no one. Our Lord is truly self-sufficient. Men believe they're self-sufficient, but they're not. Our God is a self-sufficient God. He needs nothing and no one to exist. There's nothing we can add to God. Verse 36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. It's all of him and it's all through him. It is all to him. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about these young people and their lives because what happened to them, what happened to them seems unimaginable. But remember, they're abiding forever. June 4th, 2004, and I'm remembering them. There will never be another young couple in our ministry like Aaron and Darcy Brown. Every young married couple from this day forward, from the day they lived, will be compared to them. They had such a love for the Lord and for one another. The beauty of their lives, the wholesomeness of their lives, the meek and quiet spirit of Darcy had such a dynamic effect on all of us. And, of course, Aaron was tops in everything. 
Aaron was awarded and recognized as the most outstanding preacher of our entire student body at Crown College. He was considered the most gifted, talented, God-anointed young man in our student body. Why would God such take such a man? And after having served for over half a century in the Lord's work, our dear friend Earl Holloway, who worked in our music program leading it all, who developed the Crown College Choir, said, I have never met a more gifted musician than Brand Askew. Why would God take the most gifted musician that Earl Holloway had ever known? Many, many years now they've been gone. They've been in heaven, which is far better. They would not come back. They have no intention of that. We have no intention of talking about that. But every person involved in our music program from that day forward will be compared to Brad and what he could do. And like many others, Johnny Pinkerton said when he came to Crown College to his dad, I'll stay here, Dad, for one year just to satisfy you if that's what you want. He said to his father, I love you and I, I want to do what you say. But God touched his heart and changed his life while he was here. He caught fire for the Lord. He was recognized among the Bible clubs and the many Bible clubs we have in all the public high schools and middle schools as the leader in all those schools. God changed that boy's life. Some young men and some young women will come to our school and lack a, in certain areas of dedication early on and will overcome that eventually, we trust. And someone will say when they do overcome it and begin to live for God, you remind me of Johnny Pinkerton. Remember what God did in his heart, how God touched him and used him. And then there was David Childers. If a more handsome, articulate young man who exemplified compassion, conviction, quiet confidence in God any more than David Childers, I, I don't know who it is. I don't think I've met anybody like him. He had such a winsome smile, such character, and he loved working with poor people and with the children of the inner city ministry. He exemplified what you'd want to find in every young man. And we put the best we had on board a van one day. I hugged them. They actually kissed me goodbye. That doesn't happen often. And they told me they loved me. I told them I loved them. They called back and told their friends, what a great time they were having. The pastor they were with on that Wednesday night before they went to heaven told them since they had an extra day without a meeting on Thursday, they could stay an extra night in the lovely hotel that he had provided for them at his expense. They obeyed his request. He took them out to eat in an oceanfront restaurant to watch what was called a moon setting. It's a phenomenon that takes place twice a year across the Atlantic. They called their friends, and they were ribbing their friends, saying, we're sitting on the ocean looking at a gorgeous moon, eating Chinese food, having the greatest time of our lives. Don't you wish you were here? The next morning, on Friday, they got up to drive to a meeting. There's no doubt in my mind they were going down the road singing and praising God. They got on Highway 60, driving to Haines City, Florida. A tractor-trailer truck approached them. They were in a fruit-producing part of the country in Florida, so they had been passing many trucks like that one. 
But this truck was driven by a man who was a Christian. Something happened to the truck, and the driver lost control. The police officer said that more than likely a tire blew out. Some witnesses thought that a tire did blow out. Some way or another, it caused the truck to veer over in the opposite lane of traffic on a two-lane road just at an inescapable place crossing through a bridge. And with not even a moment's notice, not even a split second to adjust, that tractor-trailer truck crashed at high speed into the front of that van on the driver's side. Workers on the scene said it was like a plane crash. The impact was so great. It drove the van back. It tore the trailer loose. The cab came off from the Peterbilt truck. The engine came out of the truck and went through the van. At the moment of impact, every person in that van, all five of our precious ones, were killed. The gas tank in the tractor-trailer exploded. The impact of the explosion thrust the driver 200 feet down the road, sending him out like a rocket. The van was incinerated by flames. Where was God on Highway 60 in Central Florida that day? He was with those precious young people in that van. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I believe with all of my heart that one second they were singing, praising God, getting ready for the meeting, and then just moments away from that meeting, just minutes from driving where they were going to arrive to sing and being conducting the meeting, and the split second they were doing that, they were in the presence of Jesus singing as their lives were taken that quickly. When I received word they'd been killed, I, I was struck with unbelief. I came to our church facility. My dear wife was by my side, and I gathered some of our men with me. We all prayed. I knew it was my responsibility to call the pastors because I wanted the pastors to be with the families. So do you know what it means to have a local church family? I feel so far sorry for people who believe the church is just some universal, unidentifiable object that they meet in every once in a while. I, I feel sorry for people because there are times you and I need a living human being who can put his arm around us, encourage us, and call on the name of the Lord God Almighty. I called the pastors and said, I have the saddest news in the world to tell you, and I need your help. When I told them, they began to weep. They knew these kids and loved them deeply. Darcy's grandfather was her pastor, and he had to go and tell his own son. I said, when you get to their houses, please call me because I'm going to call the family and I want you to be there immediately to go in and pray with them. This was the plan we developed, and we followed through with it. We wanted to encourage them as best we can. But we waited for them to call, and one by one we called the families and told them the last thing they ever wanted to hear. Then we began to witness something amazing. We began to witness the grace of God in mothers and fathers. They would say things like this to me, Thank you 
We're praying for you. We want to thank you for what you've done for our children. One mother and father said, we sent you everything we had. They were good before they got there, but they were better because they'd been there. Tell your church we love them and we think of them and thank them for loving our children. The only people on earth who can talk like that are Christian people who know the Lord. His ways are past finding out. When things like that happen, we must immediately rush to the Lord. What is his perspective on this? The Bible says in Psalm 116, verse 15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. At the scene of that accident, they worked for six hours to make some sense of what had taken place on that highway. The highway was scorched and burned. There were pieces of wreckage everywhere. The van was reduced to little more than a piece of metal. Everything was burned. The only way to identify the young people was in their dental records. God help us. God is with them. A reporter flew in a helicopter above and gave the report. The man said, I've been doing this for seven years. I've never seen anything like this. A fireman called me and said, I've been in the work for 26 years, and I've never seen anything like this. We've never seen such a calamity. It actually was on national news. Everyone from man's advantage gave the view that it was all unnecessary. But from heaven's viewpoint, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I can't explain everything to you. I've never been able. It still hurts my heart to think about what happened that June 4, 2004. But I can tell you some things. Over 500 young people that answered the call of God to enter his service as a result of what news they heard about those. And I can tell you this, many, many years later, we're still working at establishing a beachhead in the northwest United States. Part of it in the memory of Aaron and Darcy Brown. We now have the passage northwest, and they will be remembered forever there because that's what they intended to do. After we learned of the death of these five young people, I was able to speak on the phone with an emergency worker who responded to the scene of the accident. The man said, I've been in all of this for years. I've, I've never seen anything like this. He said, sir, there's nothing left. The van is just a piece of metal. Everything's gone. Then he said, by the way, there is one thing that I cannot explain to you. There's a music CD that did not burn. I asked him, what does the music cover of the CD say? And he said, before I tell you what it says, I want you to know that it is the only thing, the only thing that did not burn in that crash. And none of us knows why it didn't burn. It's plastic, but it didn't burn. And the title on the cover of the CD says, God makes no mistakes. By faith, by faith, I believe that. 
Oh, I look forward to seeing those kids. I love them so. They've made an impact on my life. And some of us are going through, some of you are going through something difficult, and we're complaining. We're complaining a little too much about the coronavirus and all the impending things it's brought upon us, the social isolation and distancing and all of that. Oh, may God help us to look to Jesus and to recognize God makes no mistakes. Thank you for sharing this time with me today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.